Well, this time of year has been, uh, we've done something a little different as a church this time of year in focusing on Advent, um, kind of explaining what it is and some of the history and uh, decorations and uh, words spoken and those kinds of things. And I'd encourage you, we can't accomplish all of that on a Sunday morning, so we've had a daily devotion going through, um, through version, the Bible app or online, and it's been great to see people uh, read each, month, each day and, and make comments on it and, and see from their perspective. Pastor Sean and I also have, each week we, we've created a video to play that we post on social media that just explains some of the things a little deeper than we can on Sundays. So like this past video, we talked about Christmas origin and the name and those kinds of things. We're going to dig into other things like decorations and foods and music and that whatnot in the weeks to come. So I encourage you to engage in those um, components as well. It, it, we're, we're doing those to reinforce what's happening on Sunday morning and to build community. So um, yeah, look for those resources um, for you. Well, as the video said, last week we celebrated hope. Um, just this uh, waiting with expectation, right? Uh, and expectation has two ingredients. Expectation has desire, and it has trust, right? You don't uh, look forward in, with expectation for something you don't want, and uh, you don't have expectation if there's no trust. You just have a wish. And so when we talk about um, expectation, we're talking about a, a desire mixed with trust. And trust comes from looking back at past actions in order to trust for things yet to be seen, right? We talked last week about the prophets who constantly were saying to Israel, look back at what God did when he took us out of Egypt. He was faithful, he was powerful, he did all these things for us. And, and as we look to the future, you can trust that if God did that then, he will do it again. And, and there's this constant in all of the Old Testament uh, books of this looking back to look forward to build that trust and to build that hope. And uh, as, the, as the video said, this trust, this hope with trust, we, it's called faith. And uh, Hebrews 11.1 1, uh, is, a, is a kind of a clear definition for us. It says, now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we don't see. Right? And... Uh, if you, how can you have confidence in what you hope for unless there's some level of trust? Right? That you, you not only just believe, but you trust that, that the person who you're trusting in to deliver on that is trustworthy and able to do it. And so trust, uh, trust is um, it's more than believing. Okay? Uh, faith is more than just believing. Faith is simply trusting the character of God regardless of the circumstances. Faith is simply trusting the character of God regardless of what the circumstances are telling you. Faith is more than believing. It also is action. And... Uh, and I was trying to think of, a, of an illustration for this. Um, we'll point to the scripture in a minute in James chapter 2. But an illustration of faith that needing two components to actually be faith. And just as water needs hydrogen 
and it needs oxygen to be water. I mean, you can still have hydrogen and it not be water. You can still have oxygen and it not be water, but the two of those combined, it produce, it, it's water. And you need both. In faith, you need that. You need believing and you need action. And when you put those two together, you have faith. And in James chapter 2, James says it twice. He says it in verse 17. He says, in the same way, faith by itself, if it's not accompanied by actions, it's dead. And then in verse 26, he repeats himself, as the body without the spirit is dead, so, f- so faith without deeds is dead. He's saying, hey, you really, if there's no action to your trusting and your believing, then it's, that, it's really dead. It's not faith. And so, um, I probably hear that uh, faith, faith needs deeds. Now, this sounds like a tongue twister, but it, it, faith without deeds is dead. Faith needs deeds in order to be faith. And so today, I want to take our time and I want to look at the Christmas story and I want to identify faith. I want to identify actions taken because of a trust in God. And the reason this is important to me this morning is because oftentimes when we think about faith and acting in faith on God, we think of these, these huge uh, pieces. Like, man, I, can't, I don't know if I could ever do that if God asked me to do that. But when we break it down and we start looking at actions as a result because somebody's trusting God, that's faith. And, and we're going to celebrate that today, but I also want you to see that you have faith, and that some of the things that you can do are actually acts of faith, even though you might not think so. So, uh, just to set the stage, as the video pointed out, the Christmas story really involves four main sets of characters that we highlight. Uh, Zachariah and Elizabeth, there's Joseph and Mary, we have the shepherds, we have the wise men. And the, the story uh, is is found in a combination of Matthew and in Luke. And you say, well, why didn't they just write the story? And uh, there's a long answer to it, but the short answer is this. Uh, if, you're, if you have any two people and you ask them to describe a scenario, one person's going to highlight things more than another person, and that's simply what we have with the Gospels in a very simply put way. So, uh, just to bring us up, because I don't want to read the entire account. We would be here for a long time. Uh, In Luke chapter 1, verses 5 through 25, an angel visits a priest called Zechariah and tells him that he's going to have a son in his old age. Um, uh, The angel tells him not only they're going to have a son, but he's supposed to name him John. And he tells him what he's going to do and what he's going to be about. And Zechariah is doubtful, right? Zechariah sees the circumstances and he says, hey, I'm old, like, you know, I'm past, my wife and I are past that time of having kids, angel. And uh, the angel says, hey, because you doubted, you're not going to be able to talk. And he he becomes mute. He can't speak. And so in, uh, uh, he finishes his time at the temple and he goes home. And in the story, we pick it up. In Luke chapter 1, verse 23, it says, When his time of service was completed, he returned home. After this, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant, 
and for five months remained in seclusion. Now, there's no faith here yet on, on, in response to uh, Elizabeth and uh, Zechariah. Uh, I'm su- simply pointing this out because of God's faithfulness, for one, because God was, what he said was going to happen, happened. Um, so it points to God's faithfulness. And then in a minute, you'll see why this verse 24 is important. So this is the beginning of the Christmas story. I know we start with Mary and Joseph, but really the beginning of the Christmas story is with Zechariah and Elizabeth. And so, uh, from that point on, the Christmas story, uh, like the video showed, an angel comes and, and, and visits uh, a, a woman, a young girl named Maria, who we call Mary, and says this to her. Luke chapter 135. The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. First of all, ladies... If you had never been with a man and an angel visits you and tells you this, like, what is your first response? Like, did I eat something last night that I shouldn't have? Like, like the fact that you're being told that the Holy Spirit is going gonna, is gonna to produce life in you and it's going to be God that you're going to give birth to. Um, that's... Right, let's bring it down to... to uh, Every day, Mary was just a, an everyday Israelite girl who was living her life the way she should in, in, in no special anything. And she, and she gets this message from an angel. It must have just sounded bizarre, right? And then the angel re- continues, Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who is said to be unable to conceive is already in her sixth month. And then it says, hey, your cousin or your relative, you know, um, that'd be like someone saying, like, hey, did you know that your grandma's pregnant? Like, that's just not possible. Like, the story just gets crazier. Then the angel says this, verse 37, for no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. First act of faith. Mary, Mary's response. Mary's response right here. I am the Lord's servant. Mary does not have the answers of how all this is going to happen, what's this going to lead to. I mean, Mary was very well aware culturally that if she was pregnant without a husband, it was death for her. That's, that was the culture. It was death for her. And this report of her cousin being pregnant and all these kinds of things, all of these questions that could have been swirling, Mary simply says, you know what, I trust that what the angel said, for no word from God will ever fail, I trust that that is true, so I consent to whatever God wants to do in my life. Simple faith, uh, a consent of her, of her will, and for the Lord to do what the Lord wanted to do. You know, sometimes that's an act of faith. We have our own desires, we have our own will, we have our own things we want to achieve, we have our own plans for our life, we have our own thoughts and ideas, and sometimes God speaks to us, and sometimes all we have to do is say, Lord, I'll put my stuff on hold for you. I don't know what that looks like, but I yield to you if that's what you want. That's an act of faith. Let's move on. Verse 39. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country 
of Judea. That's our second act of faith. You say, how is her visiting Elizabeth an act of faith? Elizabeth got pregnant in her old age and went into seclusion. Nobody knew she was pregnant. An angel visits Mary and says, your old cousin is pregnant. And Mary packs her bags and goes to see her. That's an act of faith. She's acting on what the angel has told her that nobody else has told her. And the craziness of the fact that, uh, really, Elizabeth is pregnant? She's past childbearing years. But Mary doesn't care. Mary, Mary's act of faith is obedience and travels to go see her cousin. That's an act of faith. Let's continue in this story. In verse 41, the, the, the two, Mary and Elizabeth, meet. And it says, when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. Let's pause here for a minute. Uh, there, was, there was no form of communication in that day except face-to-face. Zero. So there was no uh, telephone, there was no internet, there was no emails, there wasn't even the mail system. The mail system then considered of, you told a messenger and the messenger went and told them. Now maybe some rich people could write stuff down on papyrus. But for the common folk, there, you, you passed information face to face, that was it. And so Mary shows up in front of Elizabeth Elizabeth has no idea that Mary has seen an angel. She has no idea that she's pregnant with by the Holy Spirit. She has none of this stuff. And her baby leaps in her womb, and she speaks what the Lord tells her on her heart. She proclaims all these things about Mary that Mary hasn't even opened her mouth yet. She says, who am I that the, that the mother of my Lord is coming to visit me? How does Elizabeth know this? Elizabeth opening her mouth and speaking is an act of faith. She's speaking because she trusts what the Lord is giving her is true. And sometimes the things that we know about God or that God has spoken to us, our very speaking about them are acts of faith. I mean, what if Mary had never been visited by an angel? What if Mary wasn't pregnant? What if Mary just wanted to come see Elizabeth? And Elizabeth is like, whoa, blessed are you among. And she's like, what are you talking about, cuz? Right? Like, right, just, but no, she was, she was obedient to what she, she felt, and she talked. She proclaimed what she felt the Holy Spirit telling her, and that was an act of faith. Now, a few more verses. Let's jump to uh, verse 62. Uh, the story here is so Mary's visited. There's a, a beautiful song that Mary sings that's written in Scripture. And then it comes time for John the Baptist to be born. And it says this. Uh, remember, uh, Zechariah is mute. It says, They made signs to his father to find out what he would like to name the child. At this point, Elizabeth's like, We're going to call him John. 
And the people around are like, why? That's a ridiculous name. Nobody in your family's named John. So they motioned to the father. He asked for a writing tablet, and to everyone's astonishment, he wrote, his name is John. Immediately, his mouth was open, his tongue set free, and he began to speak, praising God. Our next act of faith. Zechariah named his son what an angel told him to name his son. You say, well, that doesn't seem like a huge, earth-moving act of faith. Maybe not. It's still an act of faith. Because like every one of you who's ever had a child, when either you got pregnant or your wife got pregnant, uh, you started dreaming about, oh, if it's a boy, what are we going to name it? If it's a girl, what are we going to name it? Right? You, you, you want to pick out a name, a family name, honor a relative, or a cool name you've always liked, or all these kinds of things. The angel just nips all that and says, no, you're going to name him John. First of all, it says it's going to be a boy, and then you're going to name him John. Zachary and Elizabeth could have said, but we don't want to name him John. We want to name him Matthew. The act of faith was, no, you know what the angel told us to name him John? We don't know why. We're going to name him John. It's a trust in that God spoke, and we're going to do what God spoke to us. Even if it seems small, it's an act of faith. So, Zechariah names his son John according to the angel's instructions. I'm going to jump us to Matthew real quick because Matthew is where we hear the story really of Joseph. Uh, which, Joseph, you know, growing up, Joseph always seemed like just like an add-on to the Christmas story. Like, he's, he's just necessary because he's the, the dad kind of thing. But really, it's about Mary and Jesus, Right? But when you read Matthew, and you see the faith of Joseph, you go, man, this, like the, it's just faith all around the Christmas story. Amen. You see, Joseph discovers Mary is pregnant. Now, any of you who have ever been in any kind of relationship, imagine Joseph, he's engaged, and back then engagement was a legal contract. It was like marriage. But it meant like, hey, I'm getting our life together before I actually get to officially take you home and marry you, but we're legally bound to each other. It's not like today, like you can break off an engagement, you know, with, like you can sneeze, you know, it's just easy. He comes and he discovers, Mary says, hey, I'm pregnant. But don't worry, Joseph, God got me pregnant. Just imagine, imagine two things. Imagine one, as the man, your wife-to-be comes and is pregnant and tells you God got her pregnant. Second, as a woman, imagine being pregnant by God and having to tell your man that you got pregnant by God. Like, it, it just, it's a tough situation. Never happened in history before, Right? So Mary says, hey, Joseph, I'm pregnant. Joseph does what most men would do at the time, say, God got you pregnant. Okay. Like, see ya. Like, right? You know what? But I'm going to be nice. I'm not going to publicly shame you. I'm not going to put it out there so that you're, you know, you're killed. I'm just going to quietly walk away. But what happens? In Matthew chapter 1, verse 20, 
It says, but after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. So he has this dream that an angel says, hey, she's telling you the truth, take her to be your wife. Right? So, she will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. So the angel says, listen, Mary, I mean, listen, Joseph, Mary's telling you the truth, it's okay to marry her, and in fact, when the son is born, you name him Jesus. You know, it, that's an emotional period of time, like, at first my wife-to-be is pregnant, it's from... God, I'm going to divorce her, and in this, I have a dream, and in the dream, an angel tells me, no, no, you can marry her, but you're going to have a son, and you're going to, this is what you're going to name him, and that's just a lot to absorb. So Joseph gets up in verse 24. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him, and took Mary home as his wife. Next act of faith, which to me, this seems like a big one. He believes the dream, and he marries Mary anyway. Okay? He says, I'm going to marry you anyway. And then to me, the next one, which seems to be overlooked uh, a lot, verse 25, but he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son. All you adults know what that means, right? Right? They didn't exercise their marital right as newlyweds. Why? Why? It's an act of faith. He believed that this was the Son of God, and I'm not going to do anything that would ever distract or detract from the fact that somebody could point and say, well, it's really Joseph's son. Joseph said, nope. I am not going to take my right, so to speak. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to, by, by faith, an act of my faith is I'm denying myself for the sake of the kingdom. Now, I don't know if he could articulate that there then at his age and knowing all, but by faith, he said, no, we're not going to do that until after. And then the second piece, and he gave him the name Jesus. So he marries Mary anyway. She's pregnant and not by him. And then he, ref- he refuses the, his marriage right. And then he gives him the name he was told in the dream. Those are all things of faith. Those are acts of faith. Trusting that what God has said is true and is right. And I believe this, so I'm going to act on what I believe. I'm going to follow through with what I've been told and what I've been shared with. Go back to uh, um, Luke chapter 2. Joseph and Mary, as the video earlier uh, said, they, uh, they go to um, uh, Bethlehem because he's got to be uh, um, counted in the census and all those kinds of things. Nothing earth-shattering there that I saw. But out in the, in the fields, the shepherds are keeping an eye on their, on their, on their sheep. And in verse 9, it says, An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. Verse 11 and 12, the angels told them this, Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, 
the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. Uh, I've spent a fair number of nights sleeping outdoors. I actually enjoy it. And uh, you can see some, hear some pretty strange things in, in the woods at night in the, or in the middle of an open field at night. This, had to, this probably had to be chalked up with the earth-shattering thing for the, for the shepherds, right? Who all of a sudden there's these angels singing and, and saying, hey, uh, there's a really awesome person being born in the town right next door tonight, right? And, and then they're gone. And so what do the shepherds do? When the shepherds had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that happened, which the Lord has told us about. An act of faith. The angels told them, hey, the Messiah is being born in the town over there. And, and they, they believed what the angels told them. And then they went to Bethlehem, which was the action which shows that they had faith that what they heard was true. And as a result, um, they were left praising God and being encouraged and spread the news and all of these kinds of amazing things. I, I, I hope I'm not boring you today with showing you faith after faith after faith in, in a Christmas story. Because the same thing happens to Magi, what we call wise men, in Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 2. It says, After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi came from, from the east, came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. Let's just pause there. These were men who studied the stars and they see a unique star and they leave their home and they travel. Now, there's lots of speculation about uh, how did they know it was the Messiah star and all these kinds of pieces. The story I, I choose to believe is that where they came from was the same place that uh, Daniel had been exiled to back in the Old Testament. And so the, that Daniel wrote it in the records from his prophecies and that these were men who knew the books of Daniel that he, had, that he had written while he was in exile and were waiting for the sign to come and then that's how they put the two together. That's what I think. But regardless, they be, even if that was the case, they believed what, what Daniel wrote was true. They saw the star, they had read the things, and they acted on it. They traveled by faith to a distant country because there was a star in the sky. Verse 11, On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their gifts and presented him with gifts of gold, of frankincense, and with myrrh. Again, they believed that this was a king. And I promise you, at this stage, Jesus was not living in the palace. He wasn't in the manger anymore, but he was just in a common home. And these, these, these men bowed down and give this, these child gifts as if he's a king. And then in verse 12, having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. Again, another act of faith. They have a dream that, hey, don't go tell Herod where, the king, where, where, the, where Jesus is. 
go home a different way. And they wake up and go, hey, we had a dream. We're not supposed to do that. So we're going to go home a different way. They believed what God spoke to them and they acted on it. Act of faith. Just a couple more and I'll wrap this up for you this morning. Verse 13. When they had gone, meaning the Magi, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said. Take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. I know we've heard this story for 2,000 years. Well, as long as you've been alive. But this story's been around for 2,000 years. And it just seemed, can seem common. But imagine, you're just a normal, ordinary, average Joe. And you marry an ordinary, normal girl. And you have a child in an abnormal kind of way. But then all of a sudden, the angel says, hey, the king over the whole area is looking for you to kill you. Run to Egypt. Which Egypt represented bondage and slavery and those kinds of things for the Israelites. It wasn't a place they all desired to go and dwell in. And Joseph's just like, huh, I think Herod the king knows me by name and wants to kill me now. Like, it just... It, doesn't, it would be like if I said, to, if I had a dream that the president was trying to kill me. Like, the president doesn't know my name. The president has no idea who I am. But yet I act on that dream. You see, if we put it into context, it seems like, it is kind of odd, right? Like, relatives and friends around going, are you sure, Joseph, you want to go to Egypt? You know, it's not... But... We know Joseph, by faith, gets up. He takes the child and the mother during the night and he flees to Egypt. And then the reciprocating dream as well. After Herod died, an angel appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, get up, take uh, the child and the mother and go to the land of Israel for those who are trying to take the child's life are dead. So, um, let me make sure I didn't skip one. So, he got up, took the child and his mother and went to the land of Israel. Now, I know we've read a lot of scripture. I've just been pointing here and here. But in these verses, there's 13 acts of faith that contribute to the Christmas story. Some of them seem extreme. Some of them are like, wow, Joseph believed that his pregnant girlfriend was pregnant by God. That would, that's a huge thing. Other, one, other acts of faith are simply, you know, in a dream... I was told I'm supposed to name my son this, so I named him this. Doesn't seem like a big deal, does it? Or maybe it's, hey, go visit a relative. Go visit your cousin. I think God told me to go visit my cousin, so I'm going to go visit my cousin. Well, why are you going to visit your cousin? I don't know. God told me to. I trust that something's supposed to happen, right? Or something God and angel spoke to you that you then proclaim it. Like, man, I really feel strong. This, you're carrying the Son of God. These are, these are acts of faith that seem small, but they contribute to the story. I mean, we praise God for the faith of Zachariah and Elizabeth. We praise God for the faith of Joseph and Mary. We praise God for the faith of the shepherds, for the wise men. I mean, imagine if any of their actions had been different. 
Imagine if any of them just decided, you know what, Mary was like, you know, Elizabeth's old, I really don't think I want to go visit her. That whole part of the Christmas story would be gone. That whole faith-building piece for, for Mary, for, for Elizabeth, for all of that would be gone. I mean, what if Zechariah said, I'm not naming my kid John. Know, we wouldn't have John the Baptist. We might have Sean the Baptist. Just picking on you, Sean. I love you. We may have Steve the Baptist. We may have, right? We may have Ben the Baptist. Like, <laughs> it certainly would be a completely different story. I mean, what if the wise men had never came? Because they just didn't, you know, it's a star. It could be any star. I don't, maybe it's not the star Daniel talked about. I don't know. Like, so many things could change. But they just simply trusted God and acted on it. And because of their faith, we are celebrating today. We're celebrating this season because of their faith. I mean, you and I, we are here. We are, we are in God. We know God. We, we're, we're believers because someone acted in faith before us. We're not here because of ourselves. We're not here because one day God divinely showed up and awakened us and nobody else was faithful around us. It was just us. God spoke to us divinely. We've learned everything we've learned because God himself spoke to us. There's, there's nobody on the planet that's like that. It's because of their faith that we are celebrating our Savior today. Not just Mary and Joseph. Not just Zachariah and Elizabeth. Not just the wise men. But it's what Hebrews 11 celebrates. We saw the list in the zip clip where where if you read that chapter, it's just person after person. By faith they did this. By faith they did this. By faith they did this. And it seems like such big things. But you know what it was? It simply was somebody who believed what God said, and so they acted accordingly. And they were commended for it. And they're not only commended for it, we're here today because of it. And we're celebrating their faith today. Now, obviously, it's all uh, uh, Jesus Christ is the, what that faith centers around. So we're not removing Christ and elevating people. It's Christ who motivated. It's Christ who gave hope. It's Christ that they were trusting in. Or, or at least in, in the New Testament context, they were believing in God. They didn't maybe know Christ yet. Their faith inspires us to live by faith today. I mean, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, at the end of that whole celebration of by faith, all these people did these things. It says this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, 
and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. With such a great cloud, a great crowd of people around us who have gone before us, who have believed what God said and acted on what they, what they believed on, not just said, well, I believe it. We'll just see what God does. Like, no, they lived their life that way. They acted on what they, what they believed. That they made a difference. You and I are here today. Faith needs deeds. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Church, I know you believe in God. I know you believe in Jesus Christ. It's what we celebrate here, right? But part of our celebration is happening because of the faith of others. And so I... Uh, as we celebrate that faith and we say, I'm so grateful that men and women heard from God and acted on it and didn't just hide it or they didn't just dismiss it or they, didn't, they weren't afraid of people and thought, they're going to think I'm crazy so I'm not going to do that. Right? They, they stepped outside of those things and they did it. They moved forward in it. That as we celebrate that, that I'm inspired that we would follow in their footsteps And my acts of faith don't need to be huge. They don't need to be life-altering, mountain-moving kind of things of faith. Sometimes it's just visiting a relative. Sometimes it's denying yourself a right or a pleasure. Sometimes it's traveling a different route than what you normally would do. Sometimes it's speaking when you hear or feel something that God is speaking to you. I mean, and sometimes they're big things, but this is what I've learned. God usually builds our faith. So when we act on the little things, we're used to acting on the little things. So when he asks for the big thing, that's easy. Rarely does he just ask us for the big thing when we've never done any of the little things. That's why he said, those who are faithful a little, I'll give a lot. And so as we celebrate the faith of Joseph, of Mary, uh, and others today... I want to leave you with this challenge. Will one day somebody celebrate because of your faith? Will one day somebody celebrate because of your faith? And that's my prayer. That, Lord, I would be found faithful that I would believe in you and respond when you ask me to move, regardless if it's little things or big things. And and, and I'll leave how all that comes together, God, for you. I'll just be, I'll just, I'll be like Mary. I'm your servant. Whatever you want, Lord. You figure out the bigger picture. I'm just going to do what you've asked me to do right now. And when we do that, even with, regardless of our circumstances, we fulfill the, the, the line that we are people of faith. That's what people of faith are. And someday, somebody will celebrate their faith because of your faith. Amen? Amen. Let's pray.
Heavenly Father, we thank You this morning that You sent Your Son. That, Lord, we could have hope through that because uh, You promised Your Son in the Old Testament, You delivered in the New Testament, and then You tell us to look ahead to final days when He will come again. And Lord, in all of that, it gives us hope as we look ahead, as we trust in You. And Lord, today we celebrate the faith of Joseph, of Mary, of Zechariah, Elizabeth, the wise men, the, the shepherds, all the people in the Christmas story that just their actions seem so small and insignificant, but they were actions of faith that contributed to a bigger story that we now celebrate today. And so God, that inspires us to be people of faith as well. And so today, Lord, we offer ourselves. We say, Lord, we are your servants. Do with us as you would wish. And we ask your Holy Spirit to give us the courage to act on the things that we we believe, the things that we trust in you, Lord. So that someday, somewhere, someone will be able to celebrate faith because we were faithful. Lord, we love you. We bless you this Christmas season. I pray that for all those here who are, uh, Christmas is not a joyous time, I pray, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would come and bring them uh, unspeakable joy, a peace that goes beyond understanding, and, and that they would overflow with the love that you would pour out into their hearts. We pray this in your precious name. Amen. Amen, church. God bless you. We, we love you. Hope to see you uh, Saturday night for the movie, but if not, well, next Sunday. Um, yeah, so, so God bless. If you're with us live, just a reminder, there's a, there's a little probably baggie with a wipe in there. If you'd wipe down the hard surfaces for us, that'll help us cut down on the cleaning. Love you. Take care.